that makes you sit down. Hello everybody, welcome to Is This Music? Brought to you by 113 Collective, based in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. I'm your complexity-loving host, Justin Spenner. Let's get your ears weird. This episode, I talk with Minneapolis-based artist Joe Horton. You all know by now that I love me a good rabbit hole, so let me tell you that Joe led me all the way to the looking glass in our hour-long chat. Pretty good metaphor, right? I was proud of writing that one. I don't want to give uh, too much away, so I'll let you dive in pretty quick here. But first, I have a few notes and corrections about this episode. First, for the sake of keeping this grant and family friendly, I want to give a language warning. That's right, there's swearing on this episode. But guess what? Swear words never hurt anybody, so... If you're alarmed by the use of such language, I fucking warned you. Second, we have a definition to cover. You'll hear Joe reference a genre called boom bap a few times. Boom bap was a huge hip-hop subgenre in the 80s and 90s. It aimed towards a lo-fi, like, street-level sound by stripping production down to a drum kit or a drum machine, uh, music sampling, and record scratches. We all know some boom bap artists, so there's, uh, there's Run DMC... Public Enemy, Wu-Tang, um, and if that doesn't get you, Beastie Boys will, huh? And if that still doesn't ring a bell, how about DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a.k.a. Big Willie Style, a.k.a. Will Goddang Smith. Speaking of pivotal 90s and early noughts pop culture, I mistakenly said that Sam Goody is still in business. That, very sadly, is not true. Their awkward record scratch came in 2020. The store I was thinking of is the exclusive company, which is basically the same friggin' thing. So, when that whole bit comes up, swap it out in your brain because the joke still lands. Alright, if you like what you hear, check out 113 Collective at www.113collective.com, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Be sure to check out the Spotify playlist for this episode and past episodes by following Barry Spen, that's B-A-R-I underscore S-P-E-N, on Spotify. I make a lot of playlists, so enjoy. You can also check out past episodes via whatever platform you're using right now. Okay, let's throw the track back on, which is Apogee featuring Abby Wolf by No Bird Sing off their record Definition Sickness. Now sink in and listen to some thoughts with my guest, Joe Horton. No images, no innocence, no difference. This is it, a submission to the lonely. It's not that I don't love you, you're just not the only one. With all the talking sun, I'll come and find you in the silence. Wax lips dripping red lust into the sun. Hi, so hello everybody. Um, I've got Joe Horton here as a guest for this uh, episode. Um, and this is a uh, pretty exciting uh, conversation for me because up till this point, uh, I've gone to school with all the guests. And so this is a clean slate conversation. Uh, and I'm excited to learn more about you, Joe. So um, let's start off uh, with just what you do, uh, which is a lot. 
I know. Um, yeah, unfortunately, some some days it doesn't feel like a good uh, a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, really, you know, so music is my is my center point. That's the the way that I I think about it often is that um, rap was the thing that brought me into art in general, and so like I'm always just gonna be a rapper <laughs> to my core. But you age out of rap like relatively quickly. Um, and not that you have to, but it, it seems like the genre is just like at its best when it's just filled with like young energy. And so like as I've just gotten older, I've, I've wanted to diversify the statements that I make and um, experiment with different mediums, try different skills, learn different skills, stuff like that. And so I've I started branching out into instrumental music, what I call instrumental music. I, people have so many different names for music and categories. Whatever, like, um, you make new music, you make classical, whatever. So I, I just, to me, I think of it as instrumental music. Um, and I think of it as, as acoustic music as opposed to electronic music. Um, because even though the way I compose is largely through samples, um, it's for an ensemble to play live. That's the way it's supposed to be done so that that's one like medium other than being a vocalist um and then uh in the last probably like i'm gonna say like six years five six years i've been doing um visual art and digital media in particular um that sort of mixes with live stuff so sometimes it might manifest itself as like a theater presentation um that has like props and things like that in it and sometimes it's like a, a short film. So, for example, I just did a short film at the Minneapolis Institute of Art in 2019 um, that to me was kind of like a, a theater piece, a digital theater piece, sort of, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that pretty much sums up what I do, <laughs> um, even though it's the most non-direct answer to that question. But that's that's the smorgasbord of stuff that I mess with. Yeah, you know, something that, that has come up uh multiple times this year in just with conversations i find myself this over the past 15 months having more uh actual conversations with musicians you know um yeah. past the like what are you doing next what's your season look like <laughs> yeah. you know there's no season you know so uh actual conversations and uh um there's a lot more like of the jack of all trades you know kind of thing that's that that people are starting to you know starting to embrace um and then people like you have like i mean you have obviously created uh i mean an entire practice out of exploring just all these different facets that that make that that make up a piece of art it seems yeah it's a multimedia world yeah. i mean the world itself is like composed it, it, I, I always felt like uh you know to a it, before the internet, it would have been a little disingenuous for somebody, I think, to go down multiple paths. But A, the internet has made it way easier than it's ever been to learn things. So you can like interact with a VFX artists from Japan and be like, how'd you do that thing? And they can be like, let me tell you in great detail. So it's it, that's cool. So that's like one, the, the bar for you, you can get deeper into a medium relatively faster if you have the time to actually practice because of the sort of quote-unquote democratization of, of information so that's cool but then also it just for me it feels more uh it lines up more with the way that reality is functioning in a post-internet world like our minds are fractured in a, in a weird way our minds are very heavily saturated with media 
And so if something is like a purely audio experience, but you're trying to have it be just like a concert, just like every other, that's no knock to anybody who does that, that art form or whatever. But I, speaking for myself, I'm very clear with myself on the fact that that doesn't excite me at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, it doesn't, I, I don't like nothing. Audio doesn't exist without visual in my head. And so even with the, like pretty much anything that I've done, it's been an evolution towards synthesizing these different mediums and making sure that I'm skilled enough with the various tools that I have access to and, and interest me in order to render like a complete environment. I want to have the whole thing and, and collaboration too. So it's like some things I do, I do just enough to be able to communicate with other collaborators that I work with and so that we can like work on things together and things like that. So, but really, yeah, it's a multimedia world. And so to me, the work that I do just reflects that impulse, what it feels like to me to be alive in an internet era, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, interests me that, that, yeah, this, they just said, you know, fractured mind, you know, um, yeah, it, it there's these, the bits and it's easy to get inform to get information now. Right. Um, you know, it, at, at the very least we can, we can, uh, be grateful to Google for that, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, but, uh, but it is, but it is fracturing. I, you know, you can, you can find, like you said, bits and pieces of information, um, you know, but it is important to then take that too. if you're collaborating with people, it's, to, it's important to take that to the person where that's their expertise. You know, like you said, you're a rapper at the core, you know, at, at your core and that's, and then everything kind of seems to have like radiated out from that, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, in the same way that like, if you're working with a film editor, you know, like you might have like this nugget of information that you found, but like, how how far can the the person who lives that you know yeah. and works that how far can they take that that little germ of an idea yeah there's no substitute for practice for sure yeah. like it's all like if you're yeah if you if you don't have the time i have a friend of mine mike lewis saxophone player started playing piano and i was like mike what's the secret man like how do i learn this how do i do it and he said there's no secrets just time so the more time you play the better you're gonna get don't no tricks, no nothing, time, dedicate yeah. time. And I think that's, that's true. And within that, obviously that's like an overarching lesson to somebody where it's like, look, like just don't, don't distract yourself with all these different, like learn this method and do this or whatever that it's like, look, this like, first of all, dedicate yourself to the practice. And otherwise mm -hmm. you're not going to get that lived in experience like you were talking about. And so for me, with there's certain mediums where I'm like, I, judging scope in the work that I do and because I, I so often find myself in like a director's role where I'll be galvanizing a lot of different efforts into a project, um, it's really important that I understand how to gauge scope and what's possible, A, given a stretch of time. <clears throat> I say important, I didn't say I did it well because I always <laughs> just drag myself over the finish line. But it is, that's one of the important like skills that I'm, I'm still learning is like, okay, you got x amount of time what's possible within x amount of time and then the other scope is like for me is like all right well um you know and this like short film that i'm working on there's a lot of the stuff that i'm doing myself and a lot of the techniques that i've like learned and even i don't want to say developed but a lot of the I've, I've developed an idiosyncrasy to the way that i work with some of that stuff but you i know when i've crossed the line into okay this particular shot needs somebody else to come in and do it because the scope is beyond the scope that I've dedicated my time to. 
And so, yeah, that's an, I think that's a really important thing for artists right now to understand. It's like, what, what's the scope? What's the cultural outlook? More, important, more importantly than anything, even more important than skill to me is the cultural voice at play there. And cultural voices can't be rendered if you don't have skill, but they still take precedent. The, the, the statement takes precedent over everything. Yeah. Do you do do you find your do you find yourself, you know, looking at where that line is? Like do you find yourself looking back and or maybe not looking back, but you know, in the moment, you're like, oh well I have to okay, I have to pass this on, you know, and I have to I have to find somebody else. But are you aware in that moment, you know, that maybe the line has shifted from the last project, you know? Oh yeah. No, I can tell because I this is feels compulsive to me and it used to be like uh it used to not feel good to me that i would do this but after a project would be over i would you know you lay down you go to bed you whatever your hypnagogic shit starts running and i would be like this was wrong this was wrong this was wrong this was wrong this needs to be fixed this needs to be fixed this needs to be this isn't cool this isn't cool and and, and so you know people would be like don't do that like don't, whatever and what i learned is that like uh if i just so i'm like great i can see when he, i can see what happens his vision it's like that's great that's not a bad thing i no longer consider that like a problem so long as i don't attach emotional weight to it and so the the flip side of that to answer your question more directly is that like um often after a project if i'll see the deficiencies and i'll i'll have learned enough at the end of the project to know where i fucked up along the way and to know how to fix it most of the time or to know the areas of study that I need to fix. Or maybe it's an equipment issue. Maybe it's a, you know, or maybe there is just a general feeling of like, you know, this wasn't up to snuff and I don't know why. Um, and so that's the task then is to kind of figure out and develop a sensitivity to the thing or to communicate with somebody else who has a deeper sensitivity than I do to that particular medium. Because like when I said like the cultural statement is is overarching it like takes precedent it, another way to say that is that the effect of the work takes precedent like the effect that it has on the people mm -hmm. that are witnessing it in whatever with listening watching whatever the depending on the, the thing if it, it, it there are times so if i'm watching a thing and i might have there's a moment in it where i, I get this like great effect where i'm like oh my god this is so moving or it's it's terrifying or it's whatever and then maybe an, another thing comes in that doesn't move me in the same way. I assume that other people probably weren't moved by that, even though they're too polite to say something about it. Or they don't make, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. may not like, it may not occur to them to be like, this guy wants to hear every area that I wasn't moved or whatever. They tend, they're going to tend to tell you the things that they, they enjoyed. And so I'll be like, okay, but they probably weren't moved here. And um, now it's a matter of understanding the materials present in that thing, whether they be sound materials, visual materials, whatever, and understanding like how to mix the textures and tones and things to elicit that type of effect. And that, that requires a ton of experimentation to do that. But inevitably, like what will happen is that the more time you spend on something, obviously, you, you know, you know this, and I, I assume most people listening know this because humans learn this lesson, is that the more time you spend doing something, the more sensitive you get to the ways that the textures and, and the different elements in it are affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in essence, what you're describing is, is technique and, you know, and that's like, I think that's, that's a, uh, it's a term that you know, it, it's a word that, that I think is also is, is often like, uh, 
misdescribed that's not a word but you know misdescribed yeah, in, in our brains yeah. you know that yeah. that it's like technique is the good you know is how good you are and everything yeah. but no te- technique is the stuff that you're not thinking about anymore mm-hmm. you know you've been there and then you know then then once once that's in you you know then yeah then you're getting that nuance and that nuance yeah. becomes technique and then it just it's perpetuating you know um so that's and, and that's fascinating because I, I i don't think in my my experience uh, you know conversations with um basically like with artists artists that aren't like in like the performance i know you are in the performance realm but like these these other things you know directing and everything like it's not not immediately defined as like performing yeah you know um, which is another thing, you know, to kind of, you know, maybe argue about, but, you sure, know, yeah. but, no, uh, there's a, there's a practical is. distinction to be made there. Yeah. Right. It's like, exactly. It's a, yeah. You know, um, in those practices, it, I, I hear, I hear technique talked about less, worried about less for sure. I mean, geez, I mean, I'm, so I'm, I'm a singer and my background is, 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 is opera, um, is with all my training goes and my God, like the, I don't know how anybody you know, dedicates the career because of how much they worry about their technique yeah. and and everything and um and yeah just to kind of to kind of hear you talk about about this it just it, that's what it distills down to is like you yeah you can lay in bed at the end at, at the end of the day and think I didn't do this I didn't do this I didn't do this um, I need to do this better um, but it, it, it's it can be simplified to are you thinking about that in the past or the future. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That that that's yeah. That is the I I hadn't like quite thought about it on those terms, but I do think that yeah. If you if you if you're looking at it like backwards and you're like I fucked up, I shouldn't have done that. Boo 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 boo. Um, it, that's gonna destroy you. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it in the future and say, look, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, presumably, and if I'm not, then I definitely don't have to worry about it. So, yeah. uh, but if I am gonna wake up tomorrow, then that's a new day. Like the sun's gonna rise, I'll get get to work. And yeah. it, like it's just it's all it's a it's a I don't think people realize how much work art is. Art, art is way more work than other uh, forms of like labor or whatever. So, I shouldn't say not all forms of labor. Right. It definitely isn't more work than like being like a cleaning person or some shit like that or whatever. Like it, it, people are definitely working like 16 hour days for like mm-hmm. pennies. But in terms of like just say like the middle class, like bourgeois, frolic, people frolicking around talking about their office cultures and shit. Like art is way more work than a nine to five. Yeah. And it, it's hard. It's harder. It, it, but, but the thing is, is that a lot of it is that I want to go back to one thing that you had said, which I find very interesting, which is that like the different ways that people will um, prepare themselves for the task. Because I, I think like, um, so the, the way when I'm interacting with like, uh, say like a violin player or things like that, like, the way that I re- often read them is that they have spent their lives becoming like uh, analogous to like a chisel or something, mm. which is a beautiful instrument in and of itself. Like a chisel's like the steel has been hardened perfectly. The edge is honed. It can slice your neck. Like the, it's just a, such a beautiful thing. And it's like perfectly made to when, when paired with or when placed in the hand of a craft person, that tool sings. Mm. And I think that a lot of performers, because the the type of performance I do is different. It's more like in the pop 
world or whatever and that's it's fun it's dope it's great i love it it's one of my favorite things ever to do be on the stage i love it and even the experimental stuff i'll do stuff with like jazz folks and you know experimental musicians and all that all that stuff's super fun um it's less about honing yourself to be a chisel and more about um you know a force that you can bring to the table like can you show up and look the moment in the eye and stare it down and be okay to to like look at it dead in the eye if you can do that you can rap and if yeah. you can't it's going to be harder to rap but like with a say like a violin player or whatever it's such a they, they end up with this like beautiful elegant like technique about them that amounts to a beautiful tool and when again when that tool is then placed in the hand of somebody who knows how to use that tool um regardless of what they're going to build, build with it that's a really beautiful relationship it's a, it's one that i underestimated until i actually got deeper into the medium mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, don't be the chisel, use it, <laughs> right? Yeah, or if you are a chisel, be a chisel. It's like if no, you, it, it, it just depends on what the role is in the thing. Because like you know, most most like uh, say composers or or whatever you want to call them, like most people who are like generative that are like mm -hmm. making mm -hmm. making something up, um, their game is different. Their game is like, you know, I mean the lie, the Picasso thing or whoever said that the lie, the art is the lie that's used to tell the greater mm -hmm. truth. Like being being a generative artist is hard because you know you're full of shit. You know you are, and and the the idea is to uh, do a type of magic trick where you know you're full of shit, but you've hidden it well enough where no one else knows you're full of shit, and you'll always know. And that distinction between you knowing for damn sure that you are full of shit, and and sort of your job being to like lie to people that you're not, that's a that'll mess your head up. Like that that's a difficult thing to do. Whereas like a, a, a practitioner of a particular, say, instrument um, doesn't need to worry about that in the, in the same exact way. They have, that'll fuck your head up too, but for different reasons, a different thing. But, but it's, for them, they are actually like aspiring to be the chisel. And that, that's beautiful. That's really amazing. And it's like, I, that particular thing is something I have no affinity for, for myself. I, I don't, like, I'm not, I can't be, I couldn't like really be a chisel or whatever, but I could mm -hmm. learn how to use one. Yeah. Um, so it seems like magic to me when they do it. I'm sure they know. Oh, I messed up that triplet or whatever. Right, like, right. Like, but um, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But I, but I have no idea, I, and I don't care. As a, as a, it, I, I'm, but I'm also not like a meticulous composer either. Like my composition is all about like getting people to be inspired and trusting that if the players are inspired um, by the material, that the the rest of that human inspiration plus. Um, the result of human inspiration aka like a violin is a, an amazing tool it's insane the amount of like craft and care that has gone into the uh fine tuning of a violin over you know however many whatever hundreds thousands of years or whatever it is um that that's blows me away and then in the hands of a skilled um a player that does a lot of the heavy lifting. I don't want to get in the way of that very mm -hmm. much at all as a composer. Um, and so I'm like, look, this this violin makes a beautiful sound. The player is finely honed. So what I want them to do is just produce something that feels very real to me. Um, and and I and my job is mostly to filter out artifice. And so when I'm generating things, I'm doing it um, to put them in a mindset, to give them some material so that they're not overthinking it. 
Mm. Um, but then not really to mess with them too much um, beyond that. I don't want to give them one more note than I think they need to in order to play their instrument like with inspiration. Yeah, and that that I think that's an important message. Uh, one of one of the larger barriers for you know for musicians that are you know which vast majority um, of us here are um, musicians that are brought up and trained in like kind of the classical Eurocentric kind of you know practices and everything the conservatory you know yeah. um, one of the the largest barriers to getting into new and experimental music is the assumption that it has to be perfect because that's you know what we're taught yeah. for all the backlog you know um and everything and and it's the more I, I, the more i get into experimental music the more i, pr- I perform it and, and actually talk to composers and work directly with them uh that's just not the case not with this not with the new stuff you yeah. know not with the it's stuff that's asking world. questions yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it, it's more often the case um even with hyper complex things uh that the composer is going try it <laughs> like mm-hmm. full stop see what try it you know and it's it's the composers it's the it's the music that is like you know neo hyphen insert era here you know that is uh where the composers are are, are like no do, what's on the page do what's on the yeah. page no notes you know um it kind of thing and, and there's such a huge difference between those those practices and those genres um yeah, feels- but they get lumped in one of them feels disingenuous to me now, but it yeah. didn't used to. I, so I have a, like my, my, I'm a, I'm a guest in the house of like uh, sort of, you know, new music or whatever. Like I don't, I'm not from here and I don't want to live here. So I like popping my head in and I like, yeah. like chopping it up. I like the people here. I like the music here. You're but invited I, I, to the party, you know? I, yeah, I love the party and I'll come, but I'm going to leave at the end of the night. Yeah. And one of the main reasons I am is because um, not from everyone and the people that I've ended up like connecting with are not like this, but I, I do encounter people who are, um, you know, very, uh, academic in the way they approach music. Mm-hmm. And that does not vibe with me at all in any yeah. way, shape or form. I want nothing to do with that. I don't have a minute in a day for that. So it's fine that I'm not saying they should, you know, if ever I say anything about myself, like, uh, with clarity, if I'm like, I know I don't like that, people will be like, well, what are you saying? I shouldn't like it. And I'm like, no, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. I, but I, I'm not going to like da da da. So, um, but to me, the distinction between it, there was a time, like if I listen to like Beethoven and, and Bach and stuff like that, I'm like, this music is, uh, in terms of, of craft and of effect is perfect. Hmm. It is amazing overwhelming Sibeli, like there's all all that stuff it is gorgeous And it requires precision in order to be rendered in that in that way. 
Yeah. Like it, it sort of reminds me of like a, a cathedral or something in that way, where it's like if you if you fuck up the masonry on a cathedral at, at like level one, or <laughs> if one of your first stones that you lay is like a millimeter off, like your cathedral is gonna fall over. Yep. So yeah. you better be down to the precision of that. And in that era, that was the means that they had to reach those heights. That was mm-hmm. an awe-inspiring thing to see somebody do something that was so precise that it sort of defied, uh, it pushed the bounds of what the human brain was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also a long time ago and we have computers now. I don't, it, it, it's, it feel, people who still like have that, like uh, they translate their appreciation for that music and what it did then to the society and maybe what it does to them still personally as like, this is what people need now. It's like it, it feels like people like uh, almost like it's like they're like pretending cars don't exist or something. And they're like, how fast can we run to Phoenix from here or whatever? And it's like, <laughs> I don't give a damn how fast you can run. I'm going to get in a car and drive there and I will beat you there. And it feels like an artificial conceit to me. I can't I can't mess with it. And the only thing that I can really think of is that they value those traits in in a society. They, they want elitism. They want a means of justifying themselves over other people. And maybe that's not what's in their heart, but that's what it feels like to me. And that's what I don't want to interact with. I'm just not really interested in that because it doesn't feel, it feels like a gentrification in a way where it's like they're moving into the Beethoven neighborhood. Or and when I say Beethoven, it's like clearly they're, they're that's <laughs> the, the Beethovens have changed over the years. You know right, I mean? right. But the same impulse is like, it stayed. It feels like they're like moving into like, you know, Bedsty or whatever and being like look at me aren't i like biggie or whatever it's like no you are no. not like biggie there's no bedsty wasn't what made biggie biggie or like bedsty was when biggie was living there growing up there that's what made biggie biggie but like it didn't like it, it, it's not like you can you can't go back there you can't do that it doesn't mm-hmm. flow in that direction so if people are not um it, it's almost like people like have this like weird especially ac- academia has this weird thing that like they it's almost like they're afraid they think like nothing of value could possibly come from them or from the moment that they're in and so they need these other things because that's where the value is and i, I can't fuck with that i really yeah. can't yeah yeah it, it, it's yeah and, and yeah like I said, it, it's it's the culture of it for sure it's it's the culture of of, of classic music to 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 keep the elite the elitist Elitism, uh, <laughs> yeah, the elite elitism nature sounds cool to me. I it like does. Yeah. I'm gonna say that for now. Elitism, elitism, you know, but only you and I get to say it because then we're at the tippy top. Yeah, uh, and if anybody <laughs> else says it, we're gonna be like, biter, come on. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, they do like that though. They, yeah, they like it, and it, and, it, and, and the bigger the place, it, it, it is, it is, and and it's you can follow money, right? I mean, it's like the bigger yeah. the house, the bigger you know. Um, you know the 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 more that 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 culture is instilled you know and it's when people go when people leave a concert you know at uh you know at, at a large orchestra and there's a piece that's premiered and they go oh i didn't like that and they're disappointed in that like that's that's the part that's the part that hits me in the gut and like just makes me feel really gross uh-huh. you know where it's like i i i love experiencing music that i don't like yeah, that's a dope attitude to have you know, for sure. It's yeah. it's so it's so freeing to be like, oh no, that's not for me. And yeah. but but it, it it got there, you know. 
it got there. And usually those 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 are the things I'm thinking about three you know a couple days after a week after and everything. Um, in the back of my mind's gonna be thinking you know why why didn't I like it what what's what is it about it. Um, but it, the vast majority, you know, it's it's about expectation. That's that's something. That's a kind of concept that seems to come up every conversation I have on this podcast. You yeah. know, is the expectation of it. You know, people um, buy a ticket and want to get what they expect. And if anything falls out of that expectation, then uh, it is a negative part of their experience. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think circles us. It back into the idea of experimental music and new music digging digging through you know some of some of your some of your rap and everything like i don't know like they how the songs are structured you know the sounds that are in there um and everything you know it's there's definitely some tinkering at the very least that's going on in your music um that some people would probably say that's experimenting you know, so how does that enter your 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 process, or do you even think about it? Is it a definition for you? I mean, I used to mm. a lot, and then I realized it was sort of a um, if artifice is like the enemy, then uh, the 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 scaffolding that we use to like get into a, a medium uh, needs to go away at some point because that's the main artifice. You know, it's like the the stuff we build. It's not like a, a lot of times people fall into this like weird dialectical trap where they're like, my definitions are cool, but other people's definitions about me are wrong. Therefore, whatever. So they like big up their own definitions by by virtue of like knocking down other people's or whatever. Um, and I, I don't care about any of that anymore. Uh, but I definitely at one point was like, I was like, yeah, well, uh, do a lot of it. Most of the experimentation that came from like anything that I was doing just came from me and the people I was working with um, and some of whom I'm still working with. Um, uh, rap is a New York genre. Like rap, rap is a Jamaican phenomenon. Like it's, it's weird because like people don't even really like know this. Um, people, I mean, heads know this, but other people don't really know this that like, do like a lot of like rap came from like you this dude Uroy was like a Jamaican like uh like a uh like he 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 sort of coined the term or, or the or the term was coined about him like toasting and so it's just like him just like DJing parties in Jamaica um because they couldn't afford to pay a band so they like pay him and they'd be like yo we pay you like an x x number of dollars or whatever and he was like oh boy if I just like play records I'll make more money. And so he would, he started like DJing uh, these parties in Jamaica or whatever. And then he found out that like, you know, let's say he had a little dip between records or something. He would be like, yo, jump on the mic. Hey, everybody, hi, da, 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 whatever. He just start toasting the shit. And people like loved that part of the uh, set. And so he started making music like that. Cool Herc and then like 
who hurts like half Jamaican or he's like either from Jamaica. I can't remember the actual like literal people. If, if people want the actual story, they should like actually go to Research the internet. It. These this is uh, only eighty five percent accurate what I'm saying, but it's a the point the eighty five percent that's like important to me. So anyway, like. Cool Herc was like, I want to be like you, Roy, so let's start DJing these parties in the Bronx and do what he was doing. Let's have people come up and, like, talking over the records, mm-hmm. a la rap. A, that is the most experimental shit that has happened in American music in the last 50 years, for sure. Yeah. 100%. No atonal nothing. All that shit's just recapitulations of the mid-century stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, rap is the most experimental genre that has come out of American music in the last 50 years, for sure. So, or in my, for sure, AKA my opinion, <laughs> my strong opinion. Um, don't at me, folks. Uh, but no, like, uh, I've, I've never said that before. I've always wanted to say it. So now I can check that one off my bucket list. It's applicable. <laughs> yeah, it is applicable in this scenario because for sure people are going to be like, oh, what about this and whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there's a conversation to be had there. But in my mind, like, rap is like, is the most one, the most experimental. So, like, but that it's a New York phenomenon. So the, so the rappers that were really making, the most sense in people's mind when rap was really formulating were um either like electro rap folks like uh or like and then a little bit later like boom bash shit but it was all new york shit it was either club stuff or it was like street stuff mm-hmm. and it, and so like sure like uh you know the west coast came and had their spin on it but like all of that Everybody, every every movement that came after that, the the um, down south shit, the west coast shit, the Midwest shit, all of it was basically taking the characteristics of the region and then spinning on the New York stuff. So you could look at all that as like experimental, or you could just look at it as people taking the form and being like, well, you know, LA's got that funk feel to it. So wow, 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 you know, it's like they that G funk stuff was a was a genius mashup, um, and it was just because it felt more like cali and yeah. there and there was nothing out there that sounded like cali the like the all, like the 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 new york stuff sounded like new york you know what I mean? it sounded like new york felt and the, so the la stuff and whatever and the atlanta stuff all that like outcast and all that like dungeon family all that stuff like three six all that shit it all felt like their region and so the midwest had a weaker statement about around rap meaning we didn't have something that hit as sensationally as like outcast did mm-hmm. or we didn't have a dr dre like really I, I think the the only person who can be said to have the like the midwest crown you could say like common maybe but mm-hmm. i would argue common really was doing the new york like the chicago style was so synonymous with the new york style that like common was kind of deep in that boom bap like cut or whatever it was just like had a little chicago feel to it like no id that type of stuff Anyway, um, but like Slug of Atmosphere was one of the like first people to really have do something that felt like distinctly Midwestern. Glass shows a different view. I deal the truth, y'all pick and choose. This ain't a game for you to win or lose. But I never been in your shoes. But I never mix supper with suckers. It ain't nothing if it ain't about hunger. You think you cut in the lumber? And so, and I when I say it's a weaker statement, I don't mean like weaker, like artistically. Um, although it certainly got weakened over time. Like the whole Midwestern like flair was the one that ate that didn't like last as long as some of the other ones. Um, but like uh it the midwest also feels a little bit weaker to people around the country like when they come to the midwest it's a little bit like 
not spiced. It's not, you know, whatever. Pepper. And so for us, it was like, well, I didn't want to make anything that like didn't feel, I definitely didn't want to make anything New York or I wanted to, I just knew I couldn't. Um, and so uh, for me, the things that made the most sense, this is all leading to the question of experimentation. Yeah, yeah. To me, the things that made the most sense were um, A, uh, electronic instrumentation made a lot of sense to me. So Graham O'Brien, the producer from No Bird Sing, which was like the first band that I was in that got any traction, like uh, he was just really chopping up sounds in an interesting way. And his production style felt distinct to him in a lot of ways, but also felt like something that would have come out of the Midwest. It was, I, honestly, you know what it was? My friend Steve was a brilliant producer in his own right, uh, Anatomy from from Kill the Vultures. Um, the dude's apeshit brilliant. But like, he said that, uh, you know, uh, Germany is the is the Midwest of Europe. And so the Krautrock stuff mm-hmm. feels super Midwestern in a lot of ways. Like the band Can feels very like uh, Midwestern. And so a lot of that stuff that we were doing was kind of a little bit on some like a little touch of Detroit techno, like a little touch of kraut rock, a little touch of these things, but ultimately was still snaps on the two and four and just like flows. And so, um, and then lyrically for me, it was really about, uh, you know, like finding ways to make language, like just feel very alive and lively. So like it was, it just wasn't so much about like subject matter for me as it was for like New York, LA, like all that shit. The thing that sings about that music is it's subject matter. It's like you listen to Illmatic and you're like transported through the streets, like as you're like rolling through, not like with Nas on this like little journey or whatever. And so like, um, I grew up in the hood, but I didn't have enough of a, new york hood experience it wasn't that sensational it wasn't it wasn't there wasn't anything like sort of that that like there wasn't anything about that that felt organic to me telling it Mm -hmm. and so for me it was really about experimenting with language to try and find it find a way that it would just pop off the track like it just felt like the language itself was sort of alive and malleable and inflexible um and and yeah so that that's where that was i i've I've since sort of moved on to being like what are the three words that i want to say on this track (laughs) you know like i've I've moved on to that that's my my, everything i'm working on right now is like very uh sparse and definitely more in the detroit techno lineage than anything else but still very midwestern because it's like you know that's where i'm from you know yeah you grew up in milwaukee right yeah yeah same yeah uh, I grew up in Did Milwaukee. You say too. Sam, you grew up in yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, I grew too? up in oh, Milwaukee yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, South Side of Milwaukee. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew I was born in the South Side and I lived most of my life, or like half of my, uh, a little more than half on the North Side. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's an interesting, it's interesting place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is an interesting place. But true to form, it's like, even though Milwaukee is like easily one of the most like hood cities in the country, it doesn't have the like, no like project pat was like our only hood rapper that ever like did anything and it didn't make sense it wasn't really like even though it's like people for sure have as much like right to talk about that shit um 
as anyone else. It's organic to Milwaukee's experience as much as it is anyone else's experience. It just didn't, it never made its way into the music in a way that felt right. It was, you know, and so like, yeah, that, that's, that's fair. That's fine. There's something about the Midwest that just has a little bit more of a working class, like blue collar mm-hmm. vibe to it. And so like, you know, I think the whole idea that like kraut rock is like a midwestern phenomenon yeah. even though it's from germany I, I feel like that that's our like apex like genre right there even though it was it's as far away from the midwest as you can possibly yeah, get right <laughs> i don't know but but it's interesting though because like, as soon as you said that like yeah I, I love can uh actually they're they're a great band and and but a lot of that genre like you know it, for me it's about that all that fuzz <laughs> you know all that yeah. fuzz tone and everything where like things are like ambiguously bassy and like you can't really yeah. tell like where the harmony's winding up but it's going somewhere you know <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's fantastic and, and and that's you know um you know again like i, I like they said it because that's you know I, i'm actually think uh what's what's uh, the track of yours apogee is that oh yeah yeah like I, I, that just popped in my head right away i was like oh that like just like you yeah. know kind of sound in there i'm like oh yeah that's that, that is kraut rock you know but the, yeah, the thing that's not interesting yeah and the thing that's not interesting about about kraut rock is uh is the lyrics yeah you know like that that's that's the thing that's you know take it or leave it like they're all the yeah, same kraut rock definitely like and a lot of genres do this like some of my favorite music does this but they essentially like make lyrics that just don't get in the way of the music yeah yeah um, and I talked too much for that. I, I I knew that if I was gonna make a contribution that was gonna be meaningful, it was gonna be via language. And again, that's changed to me to me over time. But it was like, at the time, it was really about like, you know, what if there is sort of a like a rap philosopher type mm-hmm. thing? Like, what if that happened? Um, that seemed it seemed like the the right medium for it, and it also seemed like the right thing to happen in the Midwest because. Like, I think philosophy, like, elsewhere had taken on this weird academic tone where, like, a lot of philosophers nowadays, like, don't, they're too busy, like, debating the merits of different philosophical arguments to remember that they have (laughs) anything to do with reality. Like, they forget to apply the math. They forget the equal sign. They're just lost in the equation endlessly. And it's like, yo, at some point, what you say better influence the way you perceive the moment that you're in because the moment is the only real thing there's nothing else outside of the moment literally nothing and so like i think they you know for me it was partially about using the 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 tones and textures and shit to bring people like face to face or and this was like the the producers where i didn't produce any of the music on that um in that band or whatever uh but like the you know the producers would sort of pull the music like forward it'd be like very textural and very like you're like kind of face to face with it and i was like this is a a great media this is a great like place to make some points that are uh esoteric points um and that require like osmosis to travel it's not like you're making a point that somebody has to intellectually understand you're making a point that somebody needs to like allow their like the membrane of their soul to let in yeah, and so the music it just helps with that. The music, music is one of the best things for like opening up one's like heart, you know, yeah. like letting things in. And so that that was sort of my, and I'm that's, I, actually that is still what I'm about when it comes to music. I just now um, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, the distillation is key. Um, I, I think that it's about like saying as little as possible on music on tracks. Yeah, and I th- I think that to me sounds midwestern. You know, like. 
you think east coast west coast you know the, the, the coast like people are outside for a longer time of the year yeah. <laughs> you know but in the midwest there is a solid you know i mean anywhere from four to eight months at this point uh <laughs> you know where uh we're basically like our option is to be inside and think yeah you know, like there is like this nesting quality to the Midwest. And, I, yeah, and, absolutely. and, you know, just kind of going back to what you're saying, maybe that's why, you know, it can seem uh, why, why, why that traction is so is so hard to, you know, for, for rap is, is so hard to, to, to grasp and why philosophy seems to be a very um, natural, <laughs> natural, natural addition to, you know, to midwestern rap i mean yeah. at some point if, if people do it it also went horribly wrong in the same era in mm. my opinion like because i think one thing that one way it went wrong was when people and i i was as guilty as anyone of this when i was like flirting with different ways of doing this and experimenting is that there i don't think it works when people are told something explicitly yeah, yeah. when they're like yo check out nietzsche i'm a, you know whatever <laughs> it's like yeah it's like it doesn't that old um, track check yeah, out yeah that <laughs> This is not tight. Like nobody yeah. wants that. It's like you know, nobody wants to be doing homework when you're listening to music. Yeah. It's not. That's not. That's not right. And also, it also it has a weird sense of like again, it has a sense of like, but what about the equal sign? Like you can you can name check people. You can um, sort of bring up like, you know, different ideas or whatever. But if if the ideas are not meant to uh, color the person's experience on the other end, mm -hmm. then it is of no use to them. Because you you can like I, I think you know if if you like uh th this is like become an artistic treatise for me it's become like kind of the way i think about art overall is that like people are being talked to way too much like they're being like talked at way too much they people have sort of become to believe that the the core way that they can interact with uh things and people and whatever is to like what do you believe and then yeah. what do you and how how does what you believe like influence what i believe but i don't i don't actually have any beliefs like i don't i don't believe in belief in the strictest sense of the word like i'll i'll throw one on like an overcoat every now and then but i'm not yeah. gonna like keep it on and so like I, I think like the it goes horribly wrong when people try to like um explicitly stay state messages um via a medium like music and it, it's music's not good for that so Let's uh, let's trace a little bit of lineage here. So, do you have a uh, a point in time, a band, an artist that made you go, "Yeah, this is uh, this this is going to be in my future"? Well, I mean, yeah, I have like probably a million of them. Yeah, uh, trick question. <laughs> it is a trick question, but I would say I'd actually want to shout out like instead of shouting out a band or whatever, I'd want to shout out like ex an experience that I had that was like formative for me and that was yeah. like the psychedelic experience mm -hmm. was form was like uh the one of the few things like I've had a couple things in my life that I would call formative um you know losing my virginity was one of them like watching my daughter be born was one of them it's like those things that we kind of all encounter but one that people could go from like cradle to grave without ever encountering is the psychedelic experience and it's by far the most astonishing experience that like a person could have if they allow themselves to be open to it so um i don't like evangelize psychedelics or advocate them but i do like to talk about my own experience with mm -hmm. them a lot because if i'm being honest about my artistic like life um or even why i'm an artist still um i i would have quit by now for sure um if it wasn't for the psychedelic experience and so um two related 
that to music though um i can talk about the psychedelics for like an infinite amount of time as anyone who knows me knows but the way that that relates to music is clear to me now like so i'll name check like uh, lamont young for instance right like his music makes way more sense to me after doing psychedelics like way more sense And I get what they're getting at and have an urge to get at the same thing. It's like music can explain that there's an aspect to reality that is like in some ways uh, lingual itself. Like reality is closer to a novel than it is a, a like material, a piece of material. You know what I'm saying? Like we we want to think of the universe as like at its core as being like a bunch of rocks and the black stuff that we call space that may be yeah. a stuff or maybe not. So we our conception of the universe is pissed poor if yeah. you really think about it it's like not it doesn't make any actual sense or whatever because we're like yeah space is big it's mostly space and it's like well what is space like, space yeah, like, is stop no no it, yeah oh yeah you'll break your <laughs> break your head real quick but it's like but yet there is also um the light of our awareness itself is uh something that is imminently understandable that we all get matter of fact we get it so well that it's hard to even understand it as like a thing an object of our understanding and, and in some cases it can never be an object of our understanding and so like um to quote like the buddhist saying of like the eye cannot see itself it's like that's one of the sort of foundational things about reality that's causes a lot of like yearning in people is that like we we are an eye um that is looking out at everything else and then but we feel this blind spot and we're like but what is that and it's like well if you're seeing something then there is a mechanism of sight which cannot see itself because what would it see itself with? And so I think like psychedelics are extremely powerful in helping to, to what they're a mirror essentially. And you're like, Oh shit. And I, yeah, I get it now. Um, and I think a lot of artists that are transcendental in nature, Lamont Young being one of them. Uh, but honestly, there's like a million. I just pulled him up cause he's, he is one of my favorites, but like, you know, also he's maybe the, one of the more like overtly transcendental like artists, but also I should name check like every indigenous musical tradition ever. <laughs> like human beings were monomaniacally concerned with the transcendental up until like, you know, colonialism essentially. Yeah. And so like, I think, you know, these musical movements that are trying to serve the modern person um, with a means and a technique of ecstasy it, it they mean a lot to me i mean they mean a lot to me and it has become sort of a central artistic treatise in my life where i, I want to uh do my part to serve up that for other people since it's meant so much to me like i i wish that we could talk for like two hours about psychedelics because i think that that's the that's fascinating it's a worthy uh, conversation it's a worthy sure. conversation yeah uh but uh, i'm trying to figure out how to pivot <laughs> from psychedelics too i want i do want to get like your uh um you know i want to want to get your playlist going you know and everything yeah. so um well i would say this i mean the the you know like to me if i'm thinking about why music matters to me hmm. like why does why does it matter there's a, there's a ton of things that it does and but i think you know there's things it can't do very well and there's things it can do very well it can relay experience that is very difficult to relay. 
Meaning, like, if you, you know, you don't know what it was like to, like, or, or you, you, you don't know what it's like to die. Mm-hmm. Yet, music is maybe one of the only, like, forces I've encountered outside of the psychedelic experience that can render that experience for somebody. Where they can, like, kind of have an emotional transportation of some kind. Because I do think emotions, as much as we think of emotions as, like, in this, like, sort of, you know... I don't know, are you sad or happy? I don't pick one or whatever. Like, we think of it in this weird, like, ho-hum way. Emotions are about the nature of the universe. They're, they're like, a sense we have. They're, they're a mode of understanding that we have about the ephemeral nature of the universe and the nature of the mind, in which I, pers- I assume is the same nature. The nature of the universe and the nature of mind feel, to me, to be very, at least very related, if not the same thing. And so, you know, music, like being a force that can kind of populate the mind and mimic the language of the universe in a way that like actual literal language, like uh, spoken language, can't really do because it has so much baggage to it. Music has way less baggage to it. Even even classical music that has a shit ton of baggage or rap that has a shit ton of baggage or these genres that get loaded up with cultural baggage, even then they have less baggage than the spoken word in a lot of ways um and so like i think if we're talking about other artists who do that for sure we could talk about other like poets and mcs and things like that that were transcendental but to me the um you know i I would say the playlist should if if we're talking about like you know people are like hey what are you listening to i would say the playlist would consist of you know, a, a bunch of like rap stuff for sure, um, because it's the most culturally relevant to me. Mm-hmm. But then there's also things like Lamont Young or like Ligeti or like, um, you know, oh man, it's almost like too many to even like really talk about. But I, I'll stick with those two maybe because they came to me first. Yeah. That like those two I think are, are transcendental and are experimenting with texture and tone in a way that is very evocative, uh, very, very evocative. Um, so that matters a lot to me, for sure. Uh, any, any, uh, any, 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 uh, anybody local that you want to shout out at all? Oh yeah, I mean, my it, so the, when I said earlier, like my my guy Steven, like Anatomy, uh, DJ Anatomy, he is. Uh, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I it's funny to say that he's he's like my best friend too, uh, or one of my best friends. Um, I just got a flash. My daughter's six, and she's always like, "Now Stacy's my best friend, and now whatever." And I'm like, adults use that word just to be like, "Good friend." Anyway, yeah, right. Uh, so he's my bestie. He's my BFF. <laughs> And, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's clearly, he's one of the closest people to me, and he's also uh, a, an absolute genius. And he, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the more important composers of our era. A little blood in the liquor make the night go quicker. It ain't lights out cause the light bulb flicker. White folks whisper, black snake moan. Whole town fits in a halfway home. Cause unknown, but the outcome clear. Gotta catch my breath when I outrun that, I don't think that that would be true from a like audience standpoint. Like it's not like he's like as big as like Nils Fromm or whatever. Right. Um, but like in terms of the ideas that he is relaying through music, it's it's actually astonishing what he's doing. It's and it's and it feels like it it's very very uh, close to 
the experience of like modern humans in a way. And then in Kill the Vultures in particular, so him and I are working on a record together. Um, but his his like I would I think he would I assume he would say this. I don't I don't know what else he would name check for his his main body of work. But his main body of work is with this group called Kill the Vultures that actually has another one of my best friends and uh, uh, like Alexi Cassell Crescent Moon, who's in, who I'm in Mixed Blood Majority with who, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best MCs ever and certainly one of the best MCs in the modern world. So, like, I that, the band Kill the Vultures is as important to me as any music I've ever come across in my life. Um, it's as transcendent as any music I've ever come across in my life. It, you know, the things they're doing with languages of all type are, are you know, they're really astonishing to me. And, you know, it's, it's lucky that, like, Alexi's coming over to my house tonight for some beers. Like, that's fun. <laughs> but that's, but always, that's a great that, feeling, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, it really is. Like, I, I love those dudes. But it's like, but honestly, I, I, I still, I, you know, it's not lost on me how, how important their music yeah. is to me in my life just as a person. So they, for in terms of local stuff, they would be at the, at the top of my cool. list um, with a huge star next to it for sure. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, like, uh, what got you through high school? Like, what 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 music got you through high school? That that's always. Oh, I mean, the... I was like just rap, 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 yeah, rap, yeah. rap, rap, rap. Yeah, I mean, you know, high school you get you get like militant. I got militant about my music or whatever. Oh, for I was sure. Like, None of that R and B crap. Oh yeah. Um, even though I was like secretly listening to Mariah Carey and just like, <laughs> yeah, like for sure. shame, a shame listening to Mariah Carey and being like she can sing though. Um, <laughs> But no, I, uh, for me, the stuff that really like got me through was like Common, Most Def, uh, Talib Kweli, uh, Biggie, Pac, uh, Outkast was huge. Outkast was huge. Mm-hmm. Outkast was huge. Um, Tupac was, Tupac was like a uh, near like patron saint um, to me, partially because he was one of few people that I could listen to uh, in the house and my dad wouldn't get mad. I don't know why. Cause he'd be like, Biggie would be like, who shot you? My dad would be like, hey, hey, turn that shit off or whatever. I'd be like, okay, okay. And then I would like put on pocket, pocket, be like, hey, I'm gonna shoot you. And my dad would be like, what a, what a poet. I, I have no idea what it was. Because Pac, Pac just had that that thing about him, you know, like he just like had that charisma. He was such a charismatic figure. He felt like a leader. Like he felt like he could have been a general in another life. Like people would follow him in the battle. So the high schooler, that was like, ooh, that was mm. like crack. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, but um, yeah, Outkast super important. Um, I feel like I'm missing like a huge one. Um, oh, Wu Tang. pretty much everything that came out so it was like you know we take the skip school get on the bus go to the mall go to sam goody grab like yeah, get the awesome. on tuesday when the albums came out and and get them and and um and so it, yeah or or on the bus the guy would come in like on the bus home or whatever selling bootleg cds for five dollars once that became yep. a thing, and that was great um you know sam so, goody's still a thing 
Isn't that ridiculous? That is, that's crazy. I yeah, yeah. Legitimately, am 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 uh, a little little flustered by that. <laughs> I right. I know. I I saw my little brother uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, in uh. And yeah, he just like dropped it. He's like, yeah, you know, was that was at the mall? Went into Sam Goody. I'm like, wait, what? First of all, where'd you get the time machine? Yeah, and is Sam Goody like, a national thing or is that a Milwaukee thing? Uh, I think it's I don't it's at least regional. Sure, you know, I don't know, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I have yeah, the the was that Southdale, Sam Goody, yeah. like that's the yeah. I have some memories shit. of that, right? Dude, yeah, man, that was that, that, those were fun times. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't. I'm sure there were like independent record shops in Milwaukee, but I didn't have that type of mindset or right. whatever. I was just like, I'm gonna go to the store. And so Sam Goody was like, that was like hallowed ground, like yeah. in high school. Um, but yeah, like I would say, like all those, any of that stuff, like because to me, like Wu Tang, like especially um, when you're talking about like stuff that is transcendental and breaks through and and when you're talking about experimental i i i don't think people re- realize and remember what it was like pre-wu-tang and then music is music is music and then wu-tang came out it was like an alien had landed like it just sounded like alien music yeah. it, but it was so colorful and and big and like it just was it and so that experience of like hearing Wu-Tang for the first time was, uh, you know, I mean, come on. Like, what else yeah. could you possibly ask for? It, it's funny how it just swept the name. It, feel, it felt like, like, Wu-Tang dropped, and then um, it was like a week went by, and then the next week, everybody was rocking Wu-Tang t-shirts. Skater mm-hmm. kids were rocking mm-hmm. Wu-Tang t-shirts. Thugs were rocking Wu-Tang t-shirts. Like, everybody had Wu-Tang. Everybody was blasting Wu-Tang. Yeah. It, that was a, a beautiful moment for music. Um, and again, as experimental, I mean, like, what are we really talking about? Are you telling me Riz is not experimental? It's like, that's yeah, as right. experimental as it gets. Yeah. That's as experimental as it gets. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it goes back to, you know, what, when we were first discussing that, you know, that, that kind of definition and everything where it's, it's just, you know, some, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes experimental is, um, is, is, is complicating things, but, but, but so often, much more often, maybe experimental is, is, is identifying that like something isn't clicking with, with the culture around you. Something isn't, yeah. isn't clicking with, with where you're growing up, um, where you're living and then you're, and then you go, oh, but wait, like it's because it's missing this thing, and you bring it yeah. into the fold, and you're like, oh, but also this thing is missing, so you bring it into the fold, and then all of a sudden you have this just completely different organism um, that that is is sometimes completely unrecognizable until then you're saturated in it, and you go, oh yeah, yeah. like then then you find the core of it, yeah. you know, and that I think that's one last like point on that for sure uh, is that like. This is why I think it's important, like, um, like as I've come into the, like, new music party, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm chopping it up with people, the one thing I'm realizing is how much um, influence I've taken from Black music specifically and how much I've taken from Black experimental music specifically mm-hmm. and how little ex- that's talked about when the new music crowd in general, and I mean that in real generalistic terms, because I know people yeah. who aren't like this in that, in the, at that party, but the overall conversation is really 
uh, hyper focused on like white experimental music or whatever. And so I don't like racial distinctions in the strictest sense. Like I don't use them very often um, unless I feel like they're like really pertinent to the conversation. Cause I feel like some people look at everything through the lens of race and I, I'm not one of those people. Um, but I think like th this is a glaring one for me that, mm -hmm. that people are like, what does it mean to, to be like, you know, an experimental like musician? Let us like go check with, you know, name check, name check, name check, name check. And I'm like, if you're talking about experimental music in America and you're not talking about black music, you're not talking about experimental music in America. Yeah. You're just not. You're just yeah. not. Um, so like, I, I think that's an important shift that needs to happen is people are like, you know, because here, I, there's a there's a key point in here that I think is like really important for people to to, to consider. I was about to say understand, but I you know offer it humbly here is that um, part of the the issue when when people are talking about this like these like racial dialectics and shit. Part of the issue is that like black culture never was always aware of its culture as such because it was not the dominant culture. Whereas like, it, it seems to me that like white mainstream culture, especially like did not, was not ever aware of itself as a culture because it was mm -hmm. the culture. So it just didn't, it didn't have that level of self-reflexiveness to it. And so occasionally you would get these things that were these hyper powerful movements that would bust out of that. Like punk is obviously one of them where people would be like, you know what, fuck this, we're going feral, yeah. let's go. And that specific impulse, the impulse toward feralness I think is, you know, a compensatory feature here. It's like people being like, uh, the the mainstream culture is too prescriptive in how it tells me how I need to be. It's too like narrow in its assumptions of human behavior. It's too um, it doesn't like sex. It doesn't like loud music. It doesn't like uh, you know, all the things that people like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like sort of trying to like strip all the drive. And so you, yeah, you certainly had white, black, brown, yellow, blue. I don't, I don't, or I don't know if it is yellow. Okay. To say now, I don't know if that's okay to say. All I mean is the whole spectrum of rainbow of human people have all at some point in time busted out of a culture that was um, restrictive in mm. some ways. And in America, I do think when people are thinking about that flow, um, they got to look at, at, at black music as one of the primary threads, if not the primary thread for people pushing back against that in the history of America, for sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you bring up punk, actually, uh, in that in, in that point, because, yeah, I mean, we think about about punk as, you know, starting with the clash and sex pistols and yeah. And like instead of death in Detroit. Why is my head that like you know white culture we weren't we weren't even like self-aware enough <laughs> you know yeah. to, to break out you know really and then kind of just buried the history and blah 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 but it, you know yeah and that you know what's funny about that too is like a lot of that stuff is like definitely a postscript on punk like mm -hmm. the early those folks the class knew what the fuck was up yeah. like they knew what was up they might have, i don't know if they knew about death or not in particular but they knew that they were like it's like the stones knew what they were doing yeah. i don't i don't think there's personally i don't think there's any problem with like legit cross-pollination or people because at the end of the day I, I refuse to take a non-humanistic stance stance to mm -hmm. anything 
And so as far as I'm concerned, like every human being has like equal um, right to like uh, transcendence, to busting out of a like shitty cultural milieu, to blah, 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 blah. We all have it. We all got the same impulse. We all got the same thing. I don't think anybody should be preferenced in that conversation. And so I think like white musicians who were like inspired by like black like techno artists or uh black punk artists or whatever guess what those black techno artists were um inspired by craftwood Phenomenal. Like Kraftwerk gave young black kids in Detroit suburbs something to chew on to the point that they found a transcendental outlet for themselves against a culture that was not serving them. Fantastic. That type of movement makes perfect sense to me. And I think it's often more benign and beautiful than people think it is. But yet then um, I hate to keep railing against the academy, but I think there's some legit problems and deep problems with the academy that the Academy will come around and talk about things the way they prefer to talk about it. And so they're the ones that are largely erasing this. But people, heads know. Punk heads know. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think yeah. they didn't know about death? They knew about death. They were spinning death records. How do you think they fucking made a Netflix like, thing about death? <laughs> right. It's because people knew about death. Yeah. They, like, some, yeah. And so like, I think the erasure happens often in um, not on the ground as much as people think it does. It happens in as the conversation trickles up toward the clouds. That's when it good point that's a good point yeah that's a really good point you know and this is just a a subscale probably it's edited out but i I was just listening to there's a um podcast called uh no no dogs in space Uh um you heard of it that like it's it's pretty good it's it basically um each each season like you know it's still pretty new so they're still in kind of like season one kind of thing but they uh um they 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 go through like the music it's a music history podcast but about subgenres of rock so yeah. it starts with you know it's starting with kind of uh with punk and everything but but so I listen to the damned right now and um their uh their initial posting for a drummer <laughs> was uh was must be, you know it said must be aware or knowledgeable about the new york scene new york uh-huh. punk scene right and uh, so the drama that that that, that came in, um, uh, Rat was it Rat Scabies? Is his name Rat Scabies? Yeah. He uh, came in and he was like, he's like, I got twenty dollars, like or twenty pounds, I guess. But you know, he's yeah. like, I got twenty dollars. I don't know shit about the New York scene, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I can play, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know. So there's there's also this, you know, it's 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 interesting how like the you know the class, yeah, they they would know. You know, they knew what was going on, you know, over in the States and everything. But then there's all these other bands that, like, you know, were just as formative for the sound and everything that, like, they had $20, you know, they weren't. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they were gonna yeah. hop on a transatlantic to go yeah, check exactly. Out the, like, yeah, yeah, the no wave scene, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I think, pe- yeah, I'm the one thing that I'm like uh, optimistic about is that pe- people keep finding a way to bust out, like, yeah. they keep finding a way to bust out. Like, yeah. culture builds walls and then people get mad and break them down, and that yeah. makes me optimistic because it makes me feel like the walls don't, even if there's a wall there, it's like it's not going to be there forever. Mm. So uh yeah let's 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 roll into the uh um our final question here and uh it's a doozy as it always is do you have a new music icon impression 
Well, now I'm thinking about Lamont. I can't get Lamont Young out of my head because um, it's like that's the dude. <laughs> and so an impression would take like five hours in a all white room with three chairs. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say that like I'll say this like that my impression of him really is like that he's so like inspirational to the way that I approach like music and it's like it's ambient it's transcendental it's uh it's supposed to be alive it's supposed to be listened to with like a pure openness with no syntax to it so that I'll let that serve as my impression is the uh acknowledgement that I'm biting this dude's <laughs> musical <laughs> philosophy uh in in my own um and yeah I'll let that that biting serve as my impression here yeah there you go Nibbling, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's you a know, nibble. It's a yeah. nibble. Oh yeah, it's a nibble. It's a nibble. Yeah. Oh great. Well, th- thank you so much for for chatting with me. Um, you know, it, yeah. it's yeah. I got a lot. I've got a lot to chew on. You know, and everything. It's been a great, great conversation. Um, a great way to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, where are you at? Are you in? Min- are you? Yeah. In- yeah. I'm in, in Minneapolis. Min- I live in Prospect oh. Park. Yeah, let's do it like a, uh, an actual know, thing, virtually at some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm down for that. Um, you know, so uh, so thank you, and uh, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll set up something alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Soon. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Have you heard the news today? Sell up what you got, a baby on the way. Too much for the mind to bear. And that type of news to a mama she cannot spare.